The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So let's get to it. We start this afternoon with an about face from the Jason Kenney UCP government saying it should have done better. The province is reinstating the 1976 coal policy it revoked last spring. You'll remember. It was quietly rescinded um, last May, I think going into the long weekend, and not a lot of people really noticed it at the time. It was rescinded without public consultation. And then when people realized what was going on, the uh, outrage grew, um, the public backlash grew. And today, Energy Minister Sonia Savage said they made a mistake. An important part of being a responsible government is to admit when you've made a mistake and to fix it. And that's what we are doing here today. First, Alberta's government will reinstate the full 1976 coal policy. This includes the four land categories that determined where and how coal leasing, exploration and development could occur. We recognize that rescinding this policy has caused tremendous fear and anxiety that Alberta's majestic eastern slopes would be forever damaged by mountaintop and open pit coal mining. Let me be clear, this will not happen in Alberta. So that's Energy Minister Sonia Savage just a couple of hours ago making this announcement. Uh, The 1976 policy, uh, which was put in place under Peter Lougheed's government, took two years to develop. Uh, The policy protected a wide swath of the province's foothills and mountains from coal mines. The government now says it will embark on a thorough public consultation process because, quote, they want to get it right. Global Calgary's Jill Croteau has been covering the controversy and the backlash extensively. She joins us now. Hi, Jill. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jaylen. Thanks for having me. So, Jill, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, if they're saying that they made a mistake, that they got it wrong, why did they do it in the first place? What, <laughs> you know, when that question was asked today, what did the minister say? That really is the million-dollar question, you know. <laughs> yes, they're saying they made a mistake and this shouldn't have happened in the first place, so why did it happen, you know? Um, I think that there was a, a bit of a disconnect in there um, because the minister still talked about wanting to meet those increasing global demands for steel, saying that metallurgical coal, the resources, are still very rich in this province. So they're they're still proceeding in that regard. Um, What they had thought they were doing was modernizing the policies, suggesting that, you know, some of these rules and restrictions that were in place were completely outdated, that they predated, you know, climate change policies, and, and this was just an effort to sort of tighten things up. But what it did is it did away with all the categories that protected mm-hmm. all those vulnerable lands right along the eastern slopes and right across the foothills. Yeah, when we talk about those lands, there's four different categories and a lot of attention, of course, has been paid on that category two land. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's in there and, and why people were so concerned about those category two lands? 
Well, it, because over the past, you know, 44 some odd years, that 1976 coal policy protected those category two lands. And those are pristine lands that are pretty virtually untouched from any coal exploration whatsoever. You know, we're talking about all along throughout the Rocky Mountains. This is a, mostly in parts of Alberta, but also including parts of Manitoba as well. So there was some big concern that anything would be happening to the Rocky Mountains, which are, you know, sort of the trademark of our province. And she basically is saying that no surface mining will be allowed in those Category 2 lands. I mean, there is some guarded optimism about that. You know, I mean, these people felt like they were screaming into the wind for months and months. And and finally, they are feeling heard. There is a sense of validation, but there is some level of of guardedness (laughs) is is putting mildly. So we, we we heard from the minister about the fact, and as you just touched on, that this move reinstates the four coal categories, which dictated where and how coal leasing exploration development could occur. Um, tell us about the other directives that she issued regarding mountaintop removal and Category 2 lands. Like When we talk about mountaintop removal, for those who haven't been following this, I mean, mountaintop removal is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. And when you look at the pictures, it's just... I, I can't even I can't even believe that this has gone on in the province. Yeah, it, it's staggering. I mean, what they're doing is that they take apart the tops of mountains to expose these coal seams. And what the issue is, is is that, I mean, once that side of the mountain is blown off or the top of a mountain, it's gone forever. You can't put the yeah. top of a mountain back on. Um, so, you know, the, the process in which they do surface mining and strip mining and open pit coal mining is extremely damaging to the environment. And it is intense and it is aggressive, which is why people started educating themselves on what are the real ramifications, just not visually, but what are we doing to our headwaters and the streams and rivers below for our drinking water? Like the the implications are pretty widespread to the environment. Yeah, when you talk about the water supply, because that was one of the things that I, I'm not sure a lot of people wrap their, their heads around, but when you started to hear more and more about the potential damage to the water supply um, from this type of, of mining, I was like, what the heck? Um, mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I think that's the thing that resonates with people. It's like, okay, when I turn on my taps, I don't want poisonous water. Um, but, you know, what What they do when they do this blasting in these mountains is they take all that rubble, which is called waste rock, and then they truck it down to valleys and streams below and just dump it there. Well, over time, there's rain and snow melt and stuff washes into that waste rock, which has this exposed toxicity. It's, it's a naturally occurring element, but it's called selenium. And what happens is when that goes into the water, ways it's it's invisible and and it has been seen in fish populations it has virtually collapsed certain um fish habitats and sometimes the selenium can be found 400 kilometers downstream so they, they haven't really developed the technology to extract 100 percent of this selenium out of the waters and rivers so for you know sometimes there's trace amounts but sometimes there's amounts that are damaging to our health 
You know, you, you touched on this, and I just want to backtrack just a, a second, Jill, if you don't mind. I mean, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I thought Alberta was like phasing out coal, and, 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 mm-hmm. it, and we do know that the province um, looks like it's going to shutter its what last coal-fired power plant uh, within the next couple of years. But as you mentioned, this is a different kind of coal, and it's used to make steel, and it's shipped overseas, and there's, there's a big market for that, isn't there? It's massive. And the worldwide yeah. demand is not, you know, relinquishing control. I mean, it is there. Yeah. I mean, demand for our steel is is obvious, um, particularly yeah. um, with the Australian mining companies. I mean, there's a lot of untapped resource to be had here, and the government isn't isn't ignoring that. You know, they're they're looking at what has happened to the oil and gas industry, and they're thinking, okay, well, how else can we continue yeah. to generate the economy, have you know, good paying jobs and and I mean, the economy needs a recovery. I, I think a lot of people were wondering, but is this the avenue to go? Is this the right trade-off to sacrifice our environment for coal companies? BC is doing a lot of this, right? You mm. you were over on that side. What, what, what does that what does that look like? Well, they inherited a legacy. I mean, they've been mining for over a century in parts of the Elk Valley. And right now, there's four coal mines in full-blown operation, primarily owned by one single company, Tech Resources. So I guess the damage... That's the evidence. Is the damage can't be undone. You know, once yeah. you you've taken apart these mountains, and and once the selenium kind of gets into the water, at the moment there is no technology to repair any of that damage. So it's a little bit of a foreshadowing of what people didn't want in Alberta. They were saying, look, look, look at what has happened to the Elk Valley. We can't ignore the evidence. So why would we be duplicating that in our province? Uh, yeah, mountaintops just don't grow back, right? It's not like you yeah. can take them down and they grow back like when you take down uh, trees or, or, or whatever. Exactly. Okay, so what, what, what happens right now then to the projects that are currently being explored? The minister said I think there are six that are currently mm-hmm. being explored on Category 2 lands. Tell us about that. Well, and I think that's the issue that some of these folks are so upset about. Um, you know, like one of the quotes that I heard today was like, you know, we're not ready to pop the cork on the champagne bottle quite mm-hmm. yet, we can certainly sit back and have a beer. Um, <laughs> so th- th- there is some disconnect a- as to what is going to be continued to be allowed. But the fact is there are those six projects. You mentioned it, the four that were approved um, while the coal policy was still intact. And there were an outstanding two projects um, that were granted after the rescission. And this doesn't do anything to those six projects that development can still happen. That means these coal companies might be taking core samples. Roads might be being built in those areas. And that's going to continue. This announcement today doesn't do anything to those six projects. So exploration can continue. Whether or not they'll continue to proceed while this consultation process and while things are somewhat paused, whether that's a good business practice for these coal companies, well, that remains to be seen. That's a decision that they're going to have to make. But as far as we're concerned, that work can continue for all intents and purposes. Okay, and we know that they've taught, they're now talking about doing uh, widespread consultations on a new coal policy. Uh, did the minister go into that uh, much today about what that's going to look like, wh- you know, uh, how long it's going to take, anything on that front? 
Well, she said only that it's going to be vigorous and lengthy and they're going to take the time to hear every single Albertan who wants to be heard. So this could take months, if not years. You know, the public consultation process back in 1976, that took almost five years to gather the science yeah. and the public data. So this isn't going to be something that's going to be happening overnight. Um, the minister said that she's going to roll out sort of how that consultation process is going to look within the coming weeks. It was a, a rather contrite sounding minister today, wasn't it? I, I'm not sure that I've heard a, 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 a minister in this government um, apologize like that mm-hmm. uh, today. Yeah. It was it was really interesting to, to listen to, actually. Uh, you had mentioned some of the reaction, and I know you, uh, you just did a, a really great series uh, on all of this. You spent time with, I mean, Corb Lund uh, added his voice to it, Terry Clark, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Paul Brandt, the ranchers, the mayors, in in these communities you mentioned they said well they're not ready to pop the cork on the champagne yet but they might have a beer but it must feel like there is a little bit of breathing room for these folks right now who have been waving this flag since may long weekend no question no question i mean it was staggering for me to watch we knew yeah. that an announcement was looming I, to, to be frank, I didn't expect it to go this far. Um, and, and so I think a lot of people are just like breathing. They're like, is this real? You know, there's a lot of disbelief still because they feel like their trust was betrayed. And they've been sort of living with that sentiment for months since last May. So uh, certainly the minister in her approach, uh, I felt it was very classy. It was very yep. forthcoming and a lot of admissions that people wanted to hear but you can't undo all that resentment in a 15-minute press conference you know this is going to take time to sort of repair that mistrust and I think this is absolutely a good first step yeah, and you know they were holding pretty, uh, holding pretty steady on this in in the past number of months and weeks leading up to, you know, when we first started hearing rumblings that there could be some changes this week. So interesting. All right, you know what, Jill, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for explaining everything uh, so well. And uh, if anyone missed your series, they can go back and check it out at globalnews.ca. Jill Croto joining us this afternoon. Thanks for this. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jalen. Yeah. Okay, Jill Croto. She's a reporter with uh, Global Calgary. So uh, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, as as Jill uh, as Jill mentioned, and I mentioned as well, you know, uh, the, the the minister um, and really the government over the past uh, number of months had, as I said, been holding really quite strong onto, um, you know, this is what we're going to do. It's uh, it's outdated. All of that sort of thing. I mean. Not doing a whole lot of interviews on it that uh, as well. I mean, the premier, you know, was on with Danielle a, a couple of times and with Chelsea and Shea, but the minister uh, herself. So it was interesting to listen to her today come out and say, you know what? We made a mistake. We want to get it right next time and and that and that's that's really good news and so we'll see what this public consultation process looks like moving forward here in uh, in the weeks months years likely to come